Hello, everybody, and welcome to Virtual Legality Live Edition. In all honesty, I think this is an important video to talk about because we've got the European Commission finally launching Microsoft and Activision into phase two, as we've long suspected, but we don't have a lot of documentation to go over. So I thought a live broadcast would be the best way to kind of talk about any kind of comments or questions that you might have directly with me on the topics that we regularly discuss. So without further ado, we don't want to waste anybody's time here in virtual legality. I do want to point out, as I do in the video on demand tape recorded sessions of this show, that we do talk about Microsoft and Activision an awful lot. This will be the 43rd video in this particular series brought to you live. And a number of outlets have already gone out talking about the fact that the European Commission has said we are going to do a bigger investigation of this whole thing, to which I tweeted out shocking with a winky face emoji, because we've been expecting that for some time. But as I've said in other videos, including a video that we most recently talked about that said there's nothing to see here, as folks talked about the European Commission escalating this to phase two, this was to be expected from the moment that Phil Spencer's smiling face signed on the dotted line for Microsoft with respect to the purchase of Activision. The European Union was always going to be thought of as the most prickly with respect to tech transactions that the UK got out a little bit in front of them was maybe a surprise, maybe a little bit unexpected. Certainly the reasoning of the UK is something that can be challenged. They're being more aggressive than we might have anticipated. That's fine. The European Commission was basically always going to do this. This is what the European Commission does. So with that kind of as our understanding, we can look at a press release that Brussels, where the European Commission is headquartered here, put out just about an hour and 20 minutes ago talking about why they are looking further into this deal outside of the obvious, which is uh, it's almost $70 billion. And we're a regulator of industries where we look at companies that combine for massive amounts of money and say, hmm, does that change the market in any untoward way that we don't particularly like? Of course, they were going to go into phase two. And here is that phase two announcement. Mergers, colon, commission, that's the European Commission, the EC, opens in-depth investigation into the proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft. The European Commission has opened an in-depth investigation to assess the proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft under the EU merger regulation. Now, remember, the EU merger regulation is enforced by a different body. It's written in a different way than American law, the Sherman Act, or in this particular instance, the Clayton Act. But overall, all of these jurisdictions are looking to make sure that their markets remain competitive. All of antitrust is at least based around the premise that we want to make sure that there's competition in the market that we're talking about because competition leads to better outcomes for the people that want to buy things in the industry that we are otherwise discussing. So the European Commission is going to look at this and say, is there a problem? Is there a substantial lessening of competition? Because competition is itself seen as a good, and I think rightly so, but reasonable minds can differ even there, that competition is seen as that good, and these regulators are going to make sure that competition isn't curtailed when one of these combinations happens. The Commission is concerned and this is the only way that the European Commission and the CMA have written this. So this is what we're stuck with. But I do want to remind folks that otherwise watched our video content with respect to the United Kingdom and their Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA, that this is a phase one kind of report. So when they say they are concerned, the right way to think about this is that they're expressing that there is a possibility. 
here are the things that we have looked into our crystal ball and think that there is a possibility of being a problem. And once we have ascertained that there is a possibility of a problem, we, through our statutory authority, can elevate our investigation to a higher level where we can get more information, the information that we will need to determine whether it is a problem or not, right? Some of these, we're going to have things that as gamers or people that are interested in the video game industry, we're going to see the European Commission talk about here. And I'm going to say, I, I don't really see it there. And we'll discuss that when we get to those sections. But when we see the commission is concerned, the right way to read that is the commission believes there's a possibility of a problem. And that gives them the right to elevate their investigation. So the commission is concerned that the proposed acquisition may reduce competition in the markets for the distribution of console and personal computer video games and for PC operating systems. Now, the first thing you might notice here is that the European Commission is talking about it a little bit differently than the CMA and the United Kingdom. You see distribution of console and personal computer video games, and my very first reaction to a press release like this one is, well, that's wrong. They're clearly not going to take a monopoly position, Microsoft plus Activision, in the distribution of video games on the whole. But I also looked at this and said, well, what is the CMA concerned about? They're concerned about subscription services, Game Pass, and they're concerned about cloud services and potential advantages that Microsoft will have in those industries. As it turns out, we'll get there, spoiler alert, the European Commission has put forth here that when they talk about distribution of video games, they're including all of those and potentially as sub-market categories, it sounds like we'll get there. Microsoft and Activision Blizzard are both developers and publishers of games for PCs, game consoles, and mobile devices, as well as distributors of games for PCs. In addition, Microsoft also distributes games for consoles, offers the Xbox gaming console and related services, as well as a wide range of products and services, including the PC operating system Windows and the cloud computing service Azure. That all makes sense so far. Activision Blizzard is a game maker. They publish their own games. They also have Battle.net. They have a certain amount of distribution, but Microsoft does all these other things. They don't only don't make Xboxes. They also make Windows. They also make Enterprise. They also make Azure. And it's important to kind of understand that because it's one thing that the CMA and the European Commission here are going to harp on a little bit. The Commission's preliminary competition concerns. These are the areas in which the Commission thinks there could possibly be a problem but they've only gone through the early phase one review, and so they want to check on it more. The commission's preliminary investigation shows that the transaction may significantly reduce competition on the markets for the distribution of console and PC video games, including multi-game subscription services and or cloud gaming streaming services, and for PC operating systems. Now, we didn't see this from the CMA. We'll get to that. The European Commission actually wants to say maybe Microsoft is going to attach Call of Duty to Windows in a way that will drive Windows licensing and folks away from the Windows operating system. Now, if that sounds a little bit like things that the European Union or even the United States might have brought up against Microsoft, oh, in a few decades ago, then you're right on the money. This is a kind of tying concept that the European Commission seems relatively sensitive to, even more so than the Competition and Markets Authority of the United Kingdom. We're going to get to their paragraph here, but it's an interesting type of argument that Microsoft could potentially tie video gaming to their enterprise software enough to drive folks away from competitors to Windows. I don't know that I buy it. In fact, I know that I don't, but we'll get there in just a minute. In particular, the Commission is concerned that by acquiring Activision Blizzard, 
Microsoft may foreclose access to Activision Blizzard's console and PC video games, especially to high-profile and highly successful games, so-called AAA games, way to go, European Commission, such as Call of Duty. And if you're sick of hearing about Call of Duty, I can't blame you, but it's not going to change, especially now that Modern Warfare 2 has been, I believe, their most successful launch of a Call of Duty game ever. That is going to come up because it has made so much money and so many people are playing it right now. Now, that paragraph in and of itself, if the European Commission were just to stop there, isn't enough. The commission is concerned that Xbox will make Call of Duty exclusive. Doesn't ring any bells for anyone. That's what you can do with exclusive money. That's what we see PlayStation doing right now. Final Fantasy 16 trailer, not a month ago, says PlayStation 5 exclusive for at least six months. Okay, that's how this particular industry has competed at the console level for a long, long time. There's nothing really offensive about that. So you have to tie that exclusivity to something else that is untoward. And that's what the European Commission does in the next paragraph. The preliminary investigation suggests that Microsoft may have the ability, as well as a potential economic incentive. This is something that the CMA found. This is something that Microsoft argues vehemently against, I think a little bit to their detriment, because I think they oversell that there's no possible incentive for doing this. And the European Commission says they might have that incentive to engage in foreclosure strategies, making Activision games exclusive. For now, for purposes of our thought experiment and reading this document, keeping Call of Duty on Xbox, on Game Pass, and not allowing it to be on PlayStation. Vis-a-vis Microsoft's rival distributors of console video games, such as preventing these companies from distributing Activision Blizzard's console video games on consoles or degrading the terms and conditions for their use of or access to these video games. Now, the European Commission doesn't say Sony here, but this can only realistically attach to Sony, right? If you're Electronic Arts and Microsoft decides to pull Call of Duty from PlayStation, you're having a party. You're popping corks of champagne because the PlayStation ecosystem, its entire player base, is now a little bit riper for the taking and your Battlefield franchise, right? Electronic Arts is thrilled about that turn of events. That's not who they're really talking about when they talk about rival distributors of console video games. They're talking about rival hardware manufacturers, and that's where things get dicey here, right? Because this doesn't count in the way, in the breadth that the European Commission is suggesting. This is really about Microsoft and Sony, And we don't know whether Sony has the best case here. We are, after all, only talking about a specific video game franchise. When it comes to multi-game subscription services and or cloud game streaming services, they want to separate it from distribution on a pay basis. They also want to combine it for value sake because they know that Microsoft went to the CMA and said cloud gaming ain't nothing yet. Uh, And so the European Commission is basically hedging its bets We're going to treat it in a separate paragraph. It's going to potentially be a different market. And then we're going to potentially combine that for size value. Unclear. In particular, the commission is concerned that by acquiring Activision Blizzard, Microsoft may foreclose access to the detriment of its rival distributors of console and PC video games that offer such services to its own PC and console video games, which are key for the provision of the nascent services of multi-game subscription and cloud game streaming. Now, this is where the rubber could really hit the road. Because if the European Commission or the CMA or the FTC or all of the above ask as a concession that Call of Duty be made available to PlayStation Plus or other Game Pass competitors, I think you might see Microsoft really, really fight about it. 
right? Microsoft, I think, can be convinced to put Call of Duty on the PlayStation. I think they can be convinced to write a consent decree or an undertakings document or whatever the European Commission calls these things to that effect to say, yes, we promise Call of Duty will be available on the PlayStation for X number of years. But if you try to make Microsoft put it on a competing streaming service, I think you're going to get a problem. And what's really interesting here is the market definition. We've talked about this now in a series of videos on this channel, but it doesn't seem to me that multi-game subscription services, Game Pass, or cloud game streaming services are separate from the overall market of otherwise acquiring video games the way that we normally do. We use the buy button. That's already kind of under investigation in a number of places, but at least to license them through the sale of a single flat fee, right? That that's the buy sell model of video games, even digitally. And Game Pass is a different business model. Is it a different market? I have my questions. And if you're looking at the economics of this, you've heard me say this before. The main question is, are they substitutes for each other? If they are substitutes for each other, they're in the same market. Can you bounce between Game Pass and buying games or buying games back to Game Pass? Can you use cloud services to that effect as well? Especially when we're talking about whether or not you have to buy a console, I suppose. Those seem to me to be substitutes, pretty clearly so. But the CMA and the European Commission here are basically saying, well, we're not quite sure. So let's see. So that's the most problematic paragraph, I think, for Microsoft is this notion that despite what Sony answered in what we could see to the Brazilian investigators, that Sony doesn't believe they're separate markets, despite that, the European Commission and the CMA are looking at them being potentially different markets. And this word here, nascent, is one that you really start to sweat a little bit heavily on if you're in Microsoft headquarters, because a nascent game company or industry are the ones that we have now seen the FTC and the European Commission get aggressive over, right? It used to be the case that regulators would look at a nascent industry and say, well, we don't even really know where this is going to come down. This is nascent, meaning it's very new. It's beginning. It's just a sprout in the earth. It's not even grown up into a little baby plant yet. And we're not going to mess with it because we know we could really ruin things with regulatory power. So we're going to see how it lines up and then we'll react in future deals. Because of the current kind of zeitgeist or political landscape for antitrust regulation in both Europe and the United States, what you're looking at here are regulators that are more likely to kind of get involved in early stage industries on the premise that a big giant guerrilla company could stop it in its tracks. And whether or not you agree with that philosophy or the earlier philosophies is largely going to depend on how you feel about economics and what these companies should do. You've heard from me editorializing. I feel that tech is a very dynamic industry that probably needs a lighter touch than a heavier one here, where we see companies constantly jockeying for position, even between Microsoft and Sony. We saw their console market shares jockeying for position across generations, and that improves competition in and of itself. It's internal to that. If Microsoft wants to make Call of Duty a Game Pass exclusive, I think that's a good way to incentivize PlayStation to figure out how to make their PlayStation Plus offering more enticing rather than samey across these two different services. So I am of the opinion that these kinds of arguments don't hold water. I will be interested to see exactly what the phase two investigation, actually looking at a little bit more economics on these from the European Commission and the United K Kingdom's CMA actually discover. My hope is that in a phase two, they look at this and say, actually, while it could be a problem, it's unlikely to be a problem. Such foreclosure strategies could reduce competition in the markets for the distribution of console and PC video games, which now they're treating as holistic markets in this paragraph, 
leading to higher prices, lower quality, and less innovation for console game distributors, which may in turn be passed on to consumers. Now, this is the normal boilerplate language you use as an antitrust regulator, but I will be very interested to see what exactly this conceptually looks like from either of these two regulators that says, okay, Microsoft has purchased Activision. Microsoft puts Call of Duty only on their own console, only on their own Game Pass. How does that lead to higher prices and lower quality at the consumer level? You can see here that they're actually tying this to what we consider the consumer welfare standard, which is where antitrust has lived for a number of years now, and I think it's appropriately so. And they're saying, well, there might be higher prices for console game distributors, meaning that Xbox can use the popularity of Game Pass to otherwise pay distributors less or charge them more, which would increase the prices of those games potentially to consumers or lower the quality to match what they can afford on the margin for the higher licensing fee of Microsoft. This is a very attenuated kind of argument. And in the meantime, Microsoft is out there saying, well, fine. Game Pass is a model that hasn't really been tried before. We did it in the industry. Consumers, to the extent they are buying into it, are benefiting from it. They are finding a better, higher value for their dollar than they were finding in the other model. If we make that model stronger, you're going to really have to work to establish that consumers are made worse off by being able to get access to, for instance, a Call of Duty game in exchange for whatever their Game Pass payment would be. And you see them fighting philosophically at this level through their press releases. And I can't tell you the answer that the European Commission or the CMA will find, other than I can tell you that I think Microsoft has the better argument there. Finally, at this stage of the investigation, the commission has concerns that the proposed acquisition may reduce competition on the market for PC operating systems. Here's where things get really wild. In particular, the commission is concerned that Microsoft may reduce the ability of rival providers of PC operating systems to compete with Microsoft's operating system Windows by combining Activision Blizzard's games and Microsoft's distribution of games via cloud game streaming to Windows. This would discourage users to buy non-Windows PCs. Yes, on the margin, there is probably someone out there that will purchase their computer with a given operating system because it can play cloud gaming of Call of Duty? Maybe. There's like one person. There's like four people. Now, I truly believe that any phase two investigation of this theory will be shown to be essentially specious, that there's no there there, that nobody is really going to drive the specific PC operating system market by access to these video games, that the driver of those markets is by far and away enterprise software usages that do not care about whether Call of Duty is exclusive to the Microsoft cloud gaming ecosystem. Uh, I think, I feel confident that the European Commission will come to that conclusion. But the fact that they got through phase one with this paragraph still surviving should give you pause if you're at Microsoft headquarters going, what, what now? Clearly, they're taking an aggressive stance, some of which can be made sense of, some of which can't. And that leads us into the finale of their press release here. The preliminary investigation suggests that Microsoft may have the ability as well as the incentive to engage in such conduct vis-a-vis -vis rival providers of PC operating systems. The commission will now carry out an in-depth investigation into the effects of the transaction to determine whether its initial competition concerns are confirmed. 
The commission now has 90 working days until 23 March 2023 to take a decision. The opening of an in-depth inquiry does not prejudge the outcome of the investigation. And this is important. You can take it however you like when you're talking about a government regulator saying this, but they are supposed to say, all right, phase one established that these could be the potential problems. And now we are looking at it with new eyes and more information to determine whether those problems are real. That this is not supposed to suggest that we are closer to assuming what we just talked about in this press release than we were before phase one started. Your mileage may vary as to whether you believe that or not, but I'd like to, I'd like to give the benefit of the doubt to them, for them to say phase two examined these issues and didn't find them to be as much of a problem as we originally thought. Now, I think the European Commission and the CMA and the FTC are likely to say there are some competition concerns here. We need a consent decree. We need an undertakings document. And Microsoft is likely to negotiate one that is synthesized across all these jurisdictions that they can live with. But if any of these regulators actually ask for Call of Duty or any other Activision product to be mandated uh, as appearance on another subscription service, I think you might actually see the Microsoft clause come out. The rest of this is just kind of logistical concerns. Here's the merger control and procedure. We're looking at this through the merger regulation in the EU. We had 25 working days to do this first part. We're looking at four others right now, and we have until that March 23rd date. Now, here's the quote that they decided to put in here. Video games attract billions of users all over the world and are among the fastest growing forms of digital entertainment. For years, Microsoft has been a major player across the gaming supply chain. It is acquiring Activision Blizzard, a highly successful producer of gaming content. We must ensure that opportunities remain for future and existing distributors of PC and console video games, as well as for rival suppliers of PC operating systems. So we need to make sure that someone else that is a rival distributor of games can survive. We know this to be true because they've incorporated all distributors of games, and that includes Electronic Arts or Ubisoft or anyone else. And we know it to be true because Nintendo sits there happily plucking away at Mario games and things like that. The European Commission did not give us as much meat on the bone as the UK CMA, perhaps because it's a little bit unusual for any regulator to do what the UK did, but also because you could see the reactions to what the CMA put out there. So this quote just says, we're worried about other distributors being viable, I think if they're really looking at the evidence here, they will find that those other distributors can be viable and that the concerns about rival suppliers of PC operating systems are completely specious and not to be worried about. The point, says this regulator, is to ensure that the gaming ecosystem remains vibrant to the benefit of users in a sector that is evolving at a fast pace. Our in-depth investigation will assess how the deal affects the gaming supply chain. And this is Marguerite Vestager, Executive Vice President in Charge on Competition Policy as of yesterday. That's not July, Americans. That is November 7th or yesterday. And you can see they've got a print-friendly version of the press release. It doesn't add anything. It literally just is a print-friendly version. And then they link us to where their investigation is going to go. There is nothing here. Uh, these are a little bit interesting insofar as they flag the other times that they have looked at computers and peripheral equipment publishing of computer games and retail sales of computers. You can click on any of these. Uh, I will add these links, I think, to the description, but you can see that they investigated Microsoft ZeniMax, Microsoft Activision Blizzard, Vivendi Activision, Activision Blizzard King back in 2016, Tencent and Supercell. These are the six that they have looked at in the video gaming space. And Activision Blizzard Microsoft is by far the biggest that they have ever reviewed. 
So that's where they're at. It's a little bit different from the CMA, but it is largely of a similar vein to what the UK and the CMA is putting out there. So what do you all think on this? I don't think it's shocking. I don't think it's surprising that they're going to phase two. I would have told you that that was absolutely guaranteed to happen since January of this year. But certainly some of the reasoning is more aggressive than we might have otherwise expected, even though the EU and the EC was always going to do this. I also want to give credit to Super Chats here. Secret McSquirrel, who is one of our fantastic mods, say hi to Secret McSquirrel, says, mm, sneaking in alive again, streams, premieres. I, I, I do what I can to get these things in and around my firm work day. So I appreciate it, Secret McSquirrel. Always popping in, always with full knowledge of what's going on, certainly on this channel and on YouTube in general. What do you all think? I see some at Hogue Law flags. I will try to grab those here, find those so I can answer some of these questions. Prototopics, our GM for Lawyers and Dragons. David, wish there were some good games on Xbox this year. First party games? Yeah, there's a there's a big lack of first party good games on Xbox. But if you have Game Pass or you otherwise like third party games, there's some good stuff on there, definitely. Uh, I'm currently playing Plague's Tale, uh, if you haven't checked that one out yet. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Did they not do a review of Bungie and Sony? Uh, I don't think that they elevated it to phase two, uh, I believe is where this kind of comes in from. So again, Sony buying Bungie was a much, much, much smaller transaction uh, and doesn't even raise remotely the same kind of problems uh, as otherwise. But it's it's a good thing to point out, there doesn't appear to be Sony uh, and uh, and Bungie on this list anywhere. So hmm, good, good question, good question. Magic Jack asks, what's a better deal paying $44 billion for Twitter or $68 billion for Activision? Activision makes money. Activision has revenue. Uh, $68 billion is a lot of money to go back and get <laughs> with your return on investment. It's going to take a very long time, even if you had massive success after massive success. Uh, but I think Activision is the better purchase, especially since, especially since, Activision was really purchased a relatively low number because of all the trouble they were going through with their lawsuits. So, yeah. Prototopics, again, God of War and Pokemon back-to-back are too good and nothing worthwhile for Xbox. <laughs> all right, you're causing trouble in here, David. You're causing trouble uh, in here. But yes, it's an interesting point of, of time. If anybody else has any questions or comments, uh, let me know. Outbreak podcast here. Hogue, when is the FTC's deadline to respond or remain quiet? They don't have a real one. So as I've talked about in this space, the Federal Trade Commission or the Department of Justice, whoever's reviewing your particular problem in antitrust in America, they aren't operating on the same principles as these other jurisdictions. These other jurisdictions approve deals. They say, yes, go ahead with that. The FTC, because of the way the act is written in America, all they basically do is let the time expire. And if the time expires, the deal can go through. But once you're in the phase two review and Microsoft and Activision are with the FTC, the FTC has to be happy with what answers you have given to them with respect to the documents they've requested, the interview time, whatever else that they want to get an understanding of what this deal means. And reasonable minds, reasonable companies, reasonable regulators can differ as to when that actual thing has been achieved, whether the FTC has received everything it has asked for, because you ask for documents, all documents that pertain to your business model for Game Pass, Xbox can put that together, say, here it is. The FTC says, there, this has to be more than this, right? You didn't put board minutes in, for instance. The board's never talked about Game Pass. You have those kinds of interactions, and that's all completely speculative. That's pulled out of the air, but that's what that communication kind of looks like. And then only when the FTC has agreed that everything that it has asked for is fulfilled, does their clock start running. 
The other thing that happens with respect to all these deals is even if their clock has started running, let's say that they were satisfied a month ago. They have those 30 days. But at the end of that period, they say, okay, we think there's a problem. We're going to block this uh, unless we negotiate a consent decree. That negotiation now is effectively untimed. They've told Microsoft we have to negotiate a consent decree. They start working on that. And then Microsoft would want to synthesize that process with what's coming out of the UK, what's coming out of the EU. And chances are that kind of all goes dark at once to get that deal done. Now, could something else happen in the meantime? Absolutely. I can't speak for these agencies. If Microsoft just says absolutely not, the FTC could sue. The FTC could release a block uh, press release. Uh, Microsoft could sue the FTC saying there isn't a real substantial lessening of competition here. There are a whole lot of variable outcomes that happen right now. But my strongest bet is that everybody basically remains quiet until the UK and the EU are done with their transactions. It's also worthwhile to note that March seems to be the date for those particular announcements if they are to come. And that March is actually before the $2.5 billion becomes $3 billion as a penalty in the merger agreement between Microsoft and Activision. So while you might be seeing reports that it's $3 billion that Microsoft would have to pay, it seems more likely that it would be $2.5 billion. Certainly chump change for a company like Microsoft, but $500 million is a lot of money for most people, including game companies, because think of it, you could buy a decent game company or multiples of them with $500 million sitting around. So that's important as well. Thank you for the question, Outbreak Podcast. And I think we're gonna wrap it up pretty quickly here. We do have a super chat. Onyx, what they don't point out the negative side, like if Activision Blizzard flop in the future, we all know Microsoft is taking a big gamble. So this is where things in antitrust world get a little bit prognosticative, right? And I think you're right to point out, okay, well, Mr. Regulator, is it better for gamers? Is it better for consumers? Is it better for the industry on the whole? If this falls apart and then Activision goes under and the assets are sold like scraps uh, in a bankruptcy or other kind of liquidation concept, maybe it is, maybe you do that analysis. But it's very difficult for any of these regulators to go and say, okay, if we block this deal, then X, Y, or Z will happen and compare it to the alternative. It is very, very difficult, even though it's somewhat their ambit to try to say, okay, well, this might not be great, but if Activision Blizzard goes under, that's worse, then maybe we should be a little bit reluctant to use the strong power of whatever government we're representing out of the three to do something about this deal. They're supposed to take into account all of the things but it's very difficult to look into your crystal ball and say, this will definitely happen. But it's an excellent, excellent question. So folks, that's where we're at with respect to Microsoft times Activision. I hope this was an illuminating type of video for you. Please do like and subscribe if you like this type of content. Share it around. These are virtual legality lives so we can communicate with the questions and folks that are asking things like this. Otherwise, catch us on Hangouts and Headlines early in the morning and other shows that we have on this channel. Thanks again to everyone that's participated, and I will see you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.